Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, I thank you oh so much for this awesome day and the awesome opportunity to be able to get into your word. Help us now as we continue our studies, understand it and apply it in the right way and draw close to you and build our faith and trust in you and in your word. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our chronological reading and studying of the Word of God, we return to Genesis in chapter 4. And we've already covered the creation and the fall of man and woman and the curse coming upon the entire planet. And we see here in Genesis chapter 4, as they begin to multiply. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, we see things within this that are established. One of them being the differences between the tiller of the ground and the bear, keeper of sheep. Now, this was before mankind began to consume the flesh of animals. So they were keeping the sheep for the, the wool. So we, need, we know by now they've been given the wisdom of what to do with it and how to do it. It isn't that they were created totally ignorant and had to figure everything out themselves. The Lord gave them knowledge, gave them, them wisdom and understanding and skills and abilities to be able to do things. He blessed them in a way that we can't comprehend unless we ourselves really think about it and realize there's things that we do that sometimes we surprise ourselves, like, how could I figure that out? How did I know how to do that? Where did that come from? People like to say that animals have instinct, that when an animal is born, it does things automatically without being taught by the parent how to do those. The Lord gives them that information. The Lord blesses them with the ability and skills to do various things right from the beginning, just as he did mankind. And we see here that they were doing these various things. And as we get further into this, we see some of the offspring of Cain having various skills that they had been blessed with. But as it continues... And in the process of time, in other words, there was some time passed. We don't know how much time has passed here, but we know there's been years go by. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth 
and his countenance fell. So we see here a system in place of giving offerings to the Lord. So generally speaking, a priesthood type setup and a religious setup, a process of thanking the Lord, honoring the Lord, praising the Lord, had already been initiated and was being performed by these two young men here. And we know that Abel gave of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. That means he actually sacrificed an animal. Cain did not. Cain brought fruits and vegetables that he had had raised. So we see the importance of a blood sacrifice because what Abel was doing was a blood sacrifice to the Lord. But Cain was not. He was just offered he offered the fruit of his labor to the Lord. Verse four again, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and not and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Because he didn't do it right. Now we know going all the way back to when Adam and Eve failed, turned against the Lord, that the Lord had to do something to cover their sins. And in chapter 3, verse 21, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. In order to make coats of skins, something had to be skinned, and you skin them, they're dead. So something had to die to cover their sins. This was a look ahead of what Jesus Christ would one day do to cover all of our sins. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross, shedding His blood. And the covering of Adam and Eve was symbolic of covering their sins by the death of this sacrificed animal. So it was established there by the Lord. And then what Abel was doing was repeating that, this offering, a sacrifice, a blood offering for the covering of sins. Whereas Cain just donated some of his fruits and vegetables that he had produced. An offering that was established later during the Mosaic period, Mosaic law, where the offerings of the first fruits of the crops was donated to the temple, to the priests, for the priests, the Levites, and so forth, to consume, to keep them in functioning because they weren't out there raising crops and so forth, so these things were donated. So it was an offering that was okay to offer, but it wasn't the proper sacrifice that the Lord had established all the way back there with Cain and Abel for them to perform. Cain didn't do that, Abel did. Okay, saying all that, get back into it here in chapter 4 and verse 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. 
So doing well would have been to follow the instructions that were apparently given to them for the animal sacrifices. Cain didn't do that. He figured, well, I'll just donate some of my vegetables here, fruit. But he didn't do it. He gave of his own labor, thinking, well, it's, that was good enough. But also a, a good point here where it talks about how he has control and authority over sin. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. At the door. That means sin is there. You are capable of, and the opportunity of sinning is there. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. In other words, we have power over sin. To rule over sin or to allow sin to rule over us. And in verse 8, And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Showing that Cain was jealous. He killed Abel out of jealousy. And then note what happens here. The Lord actually gives Cain an opportunity, just like he did Adam and Eve, to confess his sin and ask forgiveness, but he doesn't. Verse 9, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? The Lord knew good and well where Abel was, but he's given Cain an opportunity. But he passes it up. And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Another opportunity there. Right then he could have said, I am sorry. I, I, in anger and jealousy I slew him. But no. Verse 11. And now art thou cursed from the earth which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. The Lord was very merciful. He could have just went ahead and took Cain out. Could have killed Cain. But he didn't. He just cursed his productivity as a tiller of the ground. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Now note the indication here that there are other people. We've only been given the names of Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel. But we also know that there has been a time span here. So it says there, in the process of time, 
that this event unfolded about this offering and so forth. And the knowledge that was given to them, knowing that the population of the earth is going to be spreading around, there's going to be a lot more people born. So he knows that these descendants and so forth would be angry at him and could possibly kill him for what he had done. Verse 16, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Interesting here where it says he went to a land of Nod. Now, Nod was a name that was given to a particular area, and it means wandering. So here he's in the land of wandering because he was cast out of where they had lived there in their nice little village. I'm sure they had set up a pretty good setting there. Now he's gone out into the wilderness, out into the barren areas and where he can't even grow really good crops or anything and having to be in the land of wandering, it says. And the Hebrew word meaning vagrancy as well. So he's in the land of wandering and vagrancies. So Cain became the first wandering vagrant, basically. And it says it's on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife. Now we see another individual that we're not given his, her name, Cain's wife. Knew his wife. That means had relations and they, she got pregnant. So by this time, there's other children. It's speculated, as I emphasize speculated, that Adam and Eve had had daughters along with and during the time that that we have established already from Cain being the firstborn. After Cain was born, there may have been several daughters born as well. Some say, as I say, speculate, that Eve may have been given birth to twins, a boy and a girl, each time. As I say, that's speculation. They're just guesswork, people trying to plug us in there, where did this wife come from? But we know that the Lord says that Adam and Eve had sons and daughters. So one of these daughters becomes the wife of Cain. Now back then, in their purity of their genes, you might say, it was not harmful for close relatives to marry and have children. So that it was not even established at this time that it was not allowed. Later, during the Mosaic laws, it was established that you should not do that. You should not marry someone that close to you in relation because of the health reason, because of the genetics, basically. But at this time, it was okay to do so. Verse 17 again. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. Now don't be confused with this name Enoch, because here we have the descendants of Cain, a person named Enoch. Later we'll see the next named son of Adam and Eve. Seth has a descendant named Enoch as well. You would figure they would come up with a few different varieties of names, since they had all kinds to choose from, because there wasn't that many people. But you wind up with repeated names. Don't get confused by those. Verse 17 again. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. 
And he builded a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son. So we see the productivity here of Cain. Even though he's been cursed, been cast out into this wilderness area, he's raising a family and building a city. It's amazing there that the Lord had that much mercy on him and was still blessing him. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mahujael, and Mahujael begat Methusael. Here again, Methusael, not Methuselah. Close, but not the same name. Because Methuselah is a descendant of Seth, not a descendant of the bloodline of Cain. Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamech. And Lamech took unto him two wives. This is the first recording of someone who had more than one wife. Polygamy here. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah. And Ada bare Jabal. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Now here is an interesting side note to make. You have two sons, and you name one Jabal and the other one Jubal. That had to be pretty confusing in that household when you were yelling out for one of your kids, Jubal or Jabal. Well, I thought you meant me. I know I thought you meant him. Well, that was interesting that they chose names so close together like that. Verse 22, And Zillah, she also bare Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. Now we see the introduction of metallurgy, which they would not have just discovered on their own. The wisdom was given to them by the Lord of what the differences were between brass and iron and how to process the ore and what to find, what to use in the process to make and construct brass and iron. Verse 23, And Lamech said unto his wives, Adah and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. Note here, this fellow's done killed two people. Unnamed relatives. But you see that one of them, he says here, for I have slain a man to my wounding. So it was in defense. The man had wounded him, and in self-defense he had killed this individual. And a young man to my hurt. Another one had hurt him in one way or the other, and he killed him. And it's said that, okay, these were self-defense acts here. Verse 24, If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. So we see this account of the cursing and the avenging of anyone who kills Cain has been shared and passed on from person to person because Lamech was very aware of what that was and now he's saying, well, if that was applied to Cain, it should be even more applied to me because I killed these people in self-defense. It wasn't out of jealousy and anger. Verse 25, 
And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. Now, did she have kids in between Cain and Abel to Seth? We have a clue here. It reads, For God said, She hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. Notice, another seed. Sometimes when you see that seed, it indicates a male. So did she have a lot of girls in between this? Daughters before having Abel? Possibly. And in verse 26, And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. The bloodline of Seth became those that were interested in calling upon the name of the Lord. So they are identified, that whole bloodline is identified as a godly bloodline. Rolling right into chapter 5. We see here how these time references can be overlaid where he's talking about the generations. Where it reads, this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Now you see he's going all the way back to the day of creation. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Adam, which means red ground. They were He's created Adam from the dust of the ground. So it was red ground. Verse 3. And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Notes they jump right on over to the birth of Seth, skipping the account of any other births, including Cain and Abel. So you don't get confused with that. It's overlanded. Now they're looking at a particular bloodline. That's why it's laid out this way. It's like, let's go back and look at this bloodline. We talked a little bit about Cain and his bloodline. Now let's look at Seth and his bloodline. It's basically what they're saying. And Adam lived in 130 years and begat a son of his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he begat Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. Here we see it clearly puts out sons and daughters. So he was having kids all along the way. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. And that's a lot of years to be having kids. So you can just imagine how many children have been born by now. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. Now, was this Seth's firstborn? We don't know. It doesn't say his firstborn. It could be, but he could have a lot more kids in this timeline. But see, they're following a particular bloodline, giving us the genealogy of a tree, 
You can look at a tree of life, a tree of generation to follow a path line. The accounts of all the births of all the begets and begots are for a purpose. We see this bloodline of Seth goes all the way to the birth of Mary and then to the birth of Jesus Christ. You can follow that all the way back. So each person that is chose to be identified as the begets and the begots are chosen for that purpose, to follow this bloodline all the way back to Adam and Eve. That's why we see here the name Enos and the importance of Enos as it gets further, you'll see. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. You'll see a pattern here where the average life is right at 900 or a little bit over 900. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and he begat sons and daughters. Notice, sons and daughters, sons and daughters. We're not given all the names. Like I say, we're given a particular names that help us follow that bloodline all the way back to Adam and Eve from Jesus Christ. It reads, In all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalaleel. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalaleel. 840 years and beget sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 910 years and he died. And Mahalaleel lived 70 and five years and begat Jared. Finally, a name that isn't too difficult to pronounce. <laughs> Some of these I know I'm murdering when I read them, but uh, please forgive me for that. I, I don't speak accurate Hebrew, but here we have a nice easy one to pronounce, Jared, which is nice to see that as it continues. And Mahalaleel lived, after he begat Jared, 830 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalaleel were 895 years and he died. The first one you see besides Abel that didn't make it to at least 900. And Jared lived in 160 and two years and begat Enoch. Now here we see the second name of Enoch. The first one was a descendant of Cain. And now we have the descendant Enoch, a descendant of the bloodline of Seth. Now there are books out there today that you can find that claim to be the, the writings of Enoch. And we know that the Enoch, it's credited for him that he wrote some books, one referenced over in the book of Jude, and prophecies that was given to him. It is speculated and traditionally said that Enoch wrote 365 books. He lived 365 years before the Lord took him, but it's saying that he also wrote that many books. And that these books are very important for the people to understand how to follow the guidelines that the Lord had established, like the Mosaic Law and so forth, that back then they were going by the writings of Enoch, and that Enoch had also written books concerning science, you might say, and also proper 
behavior in a religious setting and also writings of prophecies that we have mentioned in the book of Jude. So this Enoch was very important and very close to the Lord. Read verse 19 again. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch eight hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were nine hundred sixty and two years and he died. And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. Methuselah. Very important fellow there. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. Walked with God. That means that close personal relationship with the Lord. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Took him. He raptured him up. The first reference we see of anyone raptured. Enoch was raptured. He was taken up to be with the Lord. Enoch was chosen to be that witness that will be returning during the tribulation time. The two great witnesses are the two individuals that were raptured up, Enoch and Elijah. As we further study, we'll see Elijah and how he was taken up in a whirlwind. We know the Word of God tells us that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment, which we see over in Hebrews, so these two individuals, Enoch being the first, he didn't die a physical death. The Lord took him up. So it's, it's understood and believed that Enoch, Enoch will be one of the two. Some have speculated that it would be Moses and Elijah because Moses and Elijah appeared in the Mount Transfiguration with the, Jesus Christ there on that mount when he transfigured before he was executed and crucified and the, some of the apostles were able to see that, and they think that it was going to be Moses and Elijah because of that appearance on Mount Transfiguration. That's one theory. The other is that it's going to be Enoch and Elijah. I lean more toward the Enoch and Elijah because Enoch never died. He was taken up. All right, back into it here. And Methuselah lived in 180 and seven years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech, 780 and two years, and he begat sons and daughters. Notice once again the word Lamech, or name Lamech. Cain has a descendant named Lamech that killed those two people. This is a different Lamech, so don't get confused with that. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. 969 years is the longest record of anyone living. Record. May have been some older, but this is the only one that's record of verse 28 and Lamech lived in 180 and two years and begat a son and he called his name Noah saying this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil in our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed and Lamech lived after he begat Noah 590 and five years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years, and he died. Notice, the, number, the length of people living is decreasing effects of the curse on the planet. And Noah was 500 years old 
And Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the time you've given us to study your word. Help us know the, the meaning of it that you want us to have and apply it in the right way and share it with others. Thank you oh so much for all of it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.